Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. In this episode, I'm joined by Nico Franks, our editor of children's television coverage. Hello, Nico. Hello. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. We're, we're looking ahead to MIP Junior, the uh, annual confab in Cannes of the kids' TV business. You've been very busy in the run-up to this, obviously, producing the magazine. You've also been trotting the globe to Cartoon Forum in Toulouse. And you've also been at the BLE licensing event in London as well. Give us a quick snapshot, if you would, of the kids' industry. Take the temperature for us. What's, what's the health of kids' television right now, would you say? It's in good health. Budgets are going up, primarily driven by Netflix, but they're also going down in another direction. So there's kind of a gulf opening up in the middle where mid-budgeted programming is kind of wondering what its place is, whereas short-form produced on a fraction of what normal TV kids' TV shows would have been produced for uh, years ago is doing very well on YouTube. And if you get it right in terms of having a very popular channel, there's a way to make money there and there's also a way to make money with very high-end premium programming produced with Netflix or produced with a range of different platforms and broadcasters but it's the very kind of local mid-range shows that don't have much international potential that are perhaps uh, in danger. And so turning to the magazine that that you've just produced, C21 Kids, which is going to be distributing at, at MIP Junior, what, what's the focus there? Is it Netflix again, as, as uh, we're saying? Well, it's interesting. So a lot of the um, executives and creators I interviewed for uh, a piece all about celebrating C21's 21st birthday. So asking these uh, veterans of the industry to look back on the past 21 years and uh, asking them things like what, you know, what have been the biggest changes and the most frequent answer was probably YouTube in terms of having the most impact on the kids' business. But overall, the kind of catch-up, the influence of catch-up viewing, and obviously Netflix has been the main driver of that. And so that's reflected in, in, in the coverage that you've done. Tell us about some of the people, the, the veterans, if you like, um, that you've, you've spoken to that offered some of their views. We've got Adina Pitt from Turner, uh, Deirdre Brennan uh, of Universal Kids, uh, Keith Chapman, creator of Bob the Builder, and plenty of others as well. So some, some pretty big names there. As you say, YouTube being singled out as, as a bigger influence on, on the kids' industry over Netflix, I guess from, from one point of view, latterly, obviously the commissioning budgets that, that Netflix is putting into television has had a, uh, an effect on the money that's going into the industry, but YouTube has had an influence on the, the money that's going out of the industry. They're obviously investing in kids' content themselves, but I guess perhaps it is the, the, the fact that the younger viewers are straying to YouTube, which has, has had a greater impact, arguably. Yeah, the fact that the audience is so fragmented now and is flitting from one platform to another is really causing a lot of challenges, especially for tr more traditional broadcasters who were a bit more slow on the uptake and when it comes to platforms like YouTube. Broadcasters are responding. You've been at Cartoon Forum recently talking with a lot of the companies that are at the forefront of that movement in terms of going online only. Do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the comments that were coming back from the show that you produced down there? Well, basically, it's all up in the air in terms of, for a lot of broadcasters, in terms of where they see the future of their linear channels, particularly in territories like Scandinavia. But then in Southern Europe and Elsewhere in Europe, people are standing by their kids' channels. Um, there's going to be an interesting discussion at MIP Junior on the Saturday. There's a session called The Future of Public Funding and Kids' Content, and that's got the heads 
of the children's departments of uh, the BBC, Rai in Italy and France Television in France, who have controversially recently announced that their Kids and Family channel uh, will be going online only at some point in the future. It's still relatively up in the air. The local industry there reacted pretty strongly to that, um, very against that decision. So it'll be interesting to see what the execs have to say about that because Rai has publicly backed its kids' channels, uh, as has the BBC. So it'll be interesting to see how that discussion goes. What are some of the other highlights at MIP Junior? Uh, well, Margie Cohn, president of DreamWorks Animation Television, is going to be giving the keynote. That's going to be interesting because she'll be talking about how that company has really rapidly grown in terms of its TV activity over the past five years, thanks to the landmark deal it struck with Netflix back in 2013 for multiple series, which have then gone on from Netflix to find place on traditional broadcasters, which is not always the case with the Netflix original. So they've done very well out of Netflix and now um, looking forward there, part of their strategy is going to be to focus on franchises, existing franchises in the Universal catalogue, uh, because obviously Universal and DreamWorks now have a shared owner in Comcast. So there's going to be properties like the Fast and the Furious franchise that's being now developed as a Netflix original. So maybe she'll give us a hint as to what other franchises might be uh, in the pipeline. What about some of the, the big shows, the big children's shows which are launching down in Cannes? On the Saturday, there's a Gigantosaurus, which is uh, the latest uh, show from Cyber Group Studios in France, one of the biggest animation studios in France who are profiled in the fall issue of C21 Kids. So I chatted with Pierre Sisman, who oversees Cyber Group, about their new shows, including Gigantosaurus. And he made a strong point about the high-end look of that show, uh, which is a co-production with Disney Junior, France Television, and Netflix. And it seems like the budget rose significantly as a result of all those different parties' involvement. Pierre said that it was originally going to be in the ballpark of around $5 million, but with all those three broadcasters and platforms involved, it went up to over $7 million. Uh, so that kind of shows you how uh, the stakes are, are being raised in kids' TV at the moment. And on the Sunday, there's Moon and Me, which is the uh, long-awaited show from Andrew Davenport, who's uh, one of the co-creator of Teletubbies. The details are really under wraps, and CBBS and Universal Kids are both on board. But beyond that, there's not much known about what that show actually looks like. So that'll be interesting to see. So we've already touched on some of the big stories down at MIP Junior this year, but just just going back to to Cartoon Forum, to the show, the C21 TV special that you produced at that event, that was specifically looking at this issue of, of the way in which children's broadcast networks are responding to the rise of the, the streamers. Just just tell us a little bit more about that before we listen to some clips from that show. So yeah, we spoke to execs from across different sides of the kids' TV business, so broadcast production and distribution, especially uh, keen to get the thoughts of Jakob Stegelman, who's an executive at DR in Denmark, which was one of the first public broadcasters to commit to taking one of its children's TV channels online only. So Jakob spoke about the challenges involved with that. Okay, well, let's listen to a little extract from that show now from Jakob Stegelman. By 2020, DR will be closing down one of its linear channels for children. We have two. That's the one for the seven to 12 year olds called DR Ultra. We decided to do that because we could see that the kids were moving away from linear TV and def going into 
to, to streaming. Uh, and so naturally we had to follow them because that's our job, to be there for the kids and they're not there on linear TV. We're still keeping our preschool channel open because preschool children are still watching TV. That's the Ramashang channel. Uh, but also that one will be eventually closing down, we, we think. So Jakob Stegelman there from, from DR, who else did you speak to for this film and what was their perspective? So we spoke to Alex Wiseman at Nine Story Media Group, which is uh, a Canadian uh, production and distribution company. And Alex focuses on distribution and she was talking about the need to kind of juggle the needs of broadcasters, but also these new platforms that are coming along that are becoming incredibly lucrative for distributors. And for some distributors, Netflix now is their biggest client. I think it's very difficult for broadcasters right now with the challenges they face. I'm not a broadcaster, so it's, you know, I'm not speaking from experience. But for us as distributors and producers, the linear broadcasters are still very much our bread and butter. I mean, they are still incredibly important and very often a first port of call for us. I don't think that we're at that time yet where they are decreasing in importance. For us, they're really, really important. Um, however, it's very clear that for them, linear broadcasters have to become very nimble. They are stealthily and slowly moving their, their programming models over to OTT platforms and digital, which clearly has to be done. You also spoke to Ken Fair of Epic Story Media. What did he have to say? Well, he was talking about the need basically to be on all platforms as much as possible because kids, you know, are jumping from one device to another. So in order to build a franchise, it's very important to be accessible on as many different touch points as possible. And it's interesting, his company recently has just come in for some investment from Bron in Canada. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Let's hear what Ken had to say. Certainly, uh, it's a world, an online world, and uh, it doesn't scare me that that's happening, but of course it's going to have uh, an impact on the infrastructure of the industry, but I think it makes a lot of sense for broadcasters to take uh, a lean forward approach and, and figure out the future because the future's already here and their competitors in the VOD space, uh, app space uh, are already there and uh, networks need to survive and thrive and they need to be a leading choice for kids, so I think it's a good thing. Um, does it mean they should completely abandon the linear world? I don't think so, but uh, certainly having a significant uh, uh, platform uh, in the online space makes a ton of sense. Okay, thanks very much, Nico. Don't forget you can visit c21media.net to watch that show in full. It's a 21-minute C21 TV special called The Big Shift. Do be sure to look it up. It also features executives including Dominic Gardner of Jetpack Distribution, Antu Harlin of Gigglebug Entertainment, and Tom Van Waveren of Cake Entertainment. Thank you, Nico, for that great insight into what's coming up at MIP Junior. And don't forget, you can also grab the latest edition of C21 Kids down at the event. That's all we have time for in this episode of the C21 Podcast. We look forward to seeing you down in Cannes.